think it signals that you're wanting to always improve yourself and improve the, the things that you're working towards. And ultimately that's not a bad thing. It's just how you deal with it and how you produce things as a result. Cause it can really hold you back from doing a lot of the things that you want to do. And I mean, I, I guess every industry probably suffers the same thing, but I think definitely in our industry um, with social media, but beyond social media, like well, social media is a big thing when it comes to imposter syndrome, but um, definitely throughout our careers, we probably always have that feeling that we're not as good as that one person or group of people that we're constantly comparing ourselves to. Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt, pivot, and constantly master new skills. We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage. And in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Level Up. And as we start, you should take a look in the mirror and make sure you actually belong here, okay? Because if you don't feel you belong here, you might have a problem. You good enough. The good news is, if you feel like you don't belong here, you actually belong here. Because today, we're talking about one of our favorite topics, not because it's fun to have, but it's something that we think is super important to keep drilling home to people in our industry and everywhere, which is imposter syndrome. That's right. <laughs> yes, it's something probably we've all felt or we're all continuing to feel. And we had a great conversation with our own team this past week about it and thought that it would be a great thing to talk about to you, our audience, uh, because likely you're all feeling it in some way or another. Which is a good way to start, because I think if you're listening to this or you saw the title of the of the podcast and you're like, oh, good, imposter syndrome, I need that. I'm weird, but you it's You need helpful. imposter syndrome? No, no, no. I need the podcast. I need somebody to talk to oh, me about it. And, yeah. And, you know, I, I've been dying to, like, kind of dig into what people might say that will help me. Just know that, like Katie said, like, this is not a unusual thing and I dare say it hits everybody everybody yeah. mm -hmm. right like if you don't have imposter syndrome then you're an imposter how about that <laughs> or there's you just a... yeah I mean I'm, I'm sure there's people out there that don't have imposter syndrome and, but... and don't get me wrong not having it is still it is confidence so like confidence yeah. is is kind of I guess the the antonym of imposter syndrome but still, there's a lot of aspects of our lives. And really what this just comes down to is, is there a place or a time or situation where you just feel like you don't belong there fully mm -hmm. or something's not right about your fit in a job, a relationship, a situation, a place, whatever? Yeah. Well, I think it signals that you're wanting to always improve yourself and improve the, the things that you're working towards. And ultimately that's not a bad thing. It's just how you deal with it and how you 
produce things as a result, because it can really hold you back from doing a lot of the things that you want to do. And I mean, I, I guess every industry probably suffers the same thing, but I think definitely in our industry um, with social media, but beyond social media, like well, social media is a big thing when it comes to imposter syndrome, but um, definitely throughout our careers, we probably always have that feeling that we're not as good as that one person or group of people that we're constantly comparing ourselves to and wanting to right. be more like. So maybe we should start with it. Sorry. Well, it's important that that context and yeah, we'll jump into types of imposters and different ways that we can look at that. And then we're definitely going to jump into what we can do about it. But it is important that you said this is, I think entirely, I can't think of a situation. It's obviously in your own head, but it's influenced by external forces. It's influenced by the things we see hear, experience, And so understanding what's driving us to think that Mm -hmm. is one of the best ways that we should keep that as a context as we talk about. And hopefully you'll probably some or all of the different types of imposter, uh, we'll call them archetypes. We use archetypes in other respects, but the types of imposter syndrome, I guess, I I can't think of a word other than archetypes, basically, are... They, they might all resonate with you. I think all of them with me in one way or another, I've experienced at some point in my life, right? Mm-hmm. But it does depend on the type of person you are. I think generally uh, when you understand what's driving it, it'll help you understand how to deal with it and what's good about it, but also what you need to address. Right. And why it's coming out as well. Um, right. I think is a good thing. Yeah. Sorry. So I'm kneeling at a standing desk right now. That's better. Do you have a seat? Well, I've got a I've got sit. a chair that's tucked under the standing desk is now out oh. facing me and I'm kneeling on it. So I'm kind of like it's a is hybrid that, of a hybrid. Is that more comfortable than a than, than sitting or standing? Or you just want to break? I get a new comfy chair, it is more comfortable than sitting. And it is more comfortable than standing. All right. So you've so, got the best of both worlds. Yeah, <laughs> Cheers to that. Sip of my warm tea while we talk about being, and I don't feel like an imposter, even though I'm not using the table properly. <laughs> um, okay. So why don't we define imposter syndrome first for those of uh, those of you that have been like, what the hell's imposter syndrome? And why have you been talking about it for 10 minutes when I have no idea what it is? So why don't we define it first for everybody? And then we can get into a few more details. Okay. So, so, we don't play among us, but imposter has been out there as a word that if you search imposter right now, you're probably going to find that game a lot where really it's the same definition in a video game. I don't know why I brought that up, but I think that we if you have kids, you hear imposter a lot. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah. Imposter syndrome is effectively a feeling that you don't belong in a situation. Full stop. It makes you uncomfortable to continue on the path you're on. It makes you question whether you're where you're supposed to be and doing what you're meant to do. And it impedes your ability to maximize your success because of that. It creates, in many cases, an unnecessary additional barrier to success for you because you're spending time questioning whether you belong where you are in the first place. Yep. That's my definition. That's me paraphrasing. <laughs> I think it's a good definition. So hopefully everybody understands. 
no, I think, I think everything you said was accurate. So let's get into the different types and see if you can identify with one or more. And as we go through, Daniel and I will comment as well um, as Daniel eats a candy cane because he wants to be like Santa. This season. Also got <laughs> peppermint tea. You know what? I'm going to use the candy cane to stir the peppermint tea. It's a stir stick. Nice. It'll be nice and sweet. Awesome. You've got your tea also. Mine's green. This though. is why you've got to watch the podcast and video. You'd know what we're talking about. Yeah. But if you're listening, me painting you a picture of red and white striped sticks during my cup of tea. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. So type one uh, for the types of imposter syndromes there are, and obviously there's probably more out there, but we kind of liked going through this list. Um, is the perfectionist. And essentially the perfectionist, if you are a perfectionist, you probably suffer from perfectionist imposter syndrome. Um, but basically you have a standard for yourself to co constantly accomplish a hundred percent of the time. So the moment you might slightly digress or, or don't accomplish one thing it becomes a massive failure for you. It hits you really hard. Um, and basically you're left kind of questioning how good are you actually, are you really worthy of doing these things and having this career and all of that kind of stuff. So it can really bring upon a lot of imposter syndrome as a result. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's that need, it's that need to be without flaws. That's perfectionism, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think it's fair to say, I don't care who you are and how great you think you are or others are. It's a fact of life that we all have flaws. Major yeah. or minor as they are and the things that we do, you're going to not be perfect in everything, right? And yeah. so, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, yeah, it's harder. I think it's easier said than done. Like, are, do you see yourself as a perfectionist in certain areas yes in certain areas not at all and i think that that is it ties into another type of imposter that we can segue into but i think it's a function of how i've lived my life to this point right there's certain things that i've been very good at Mm. And and that I hold myself to a higher standard with because they've come either they've come naturally or whatever along the way. And so when I do those things, I expect perfection from myself because I've done it before. And I mean, and, and I use I think we can use perf perfect and perfection. We can use a little bit loosely here. Right. Like this isn't marks on a test, but it's kind of looking at something and knowing what I'm capable of. And if I don't achieve the maximum achievement in certain things, I don't know that I feel like an imposter, but it puts me in a bad place, yeah. right? It makes me wonder if I really did a good job and whether that product should be out there or if I already put it out there, why did I do that, right? Whereas with other things, if I'm trying something new, my imposter syndrome wouldn't be from a perfectionism perspective because I've never been great at it before. It becomes tied into another type that we can talk about in a bit. Yeah. Well, and I, like to me, I think of our 12 week plan and how we set out certain 
tactics that we want to accomplish in any given week. And when you're grading yourself, if I don't get close to a hundred percent, it definitely impacts me. And there's been weeks where I've gotten 50% of the things that I wanted to do. I, I, I was, I managed to do. So um, I think that hits certain people harder than others. Um, others can kind of get past it, but then when you don't, and you're, you are a perfectionist, it can be really hard to overcome that and feel like you want to keep moving forward. Cause if, well, why move forward? Cause I'm not even accomplishing half of what I want to do, or I'm not right. coming close to a hundred percent. I think that's the, I think that's the real perfectionist problem is the mm-hmm. ability to move forward. Right. Cause the imposter yeah. side is still the, I don't belong here or I didn't do what I'm supposed to do. So this isn't good enough. Mm-hmm. But what that does is it hinders your continuation. Like look at yeah. this morning, we can talk about something out of business. We are redoing a landing in our house. We're redoing a little part of the upstairs level of our house. We're, we're trying to make furniture work. I say we, I mean, I'm a fan of doing it, but you're the you're more the perfectionist in that world than I am, right? Because yeah. you want it to look good. And, you, and, yeah. and it's functional now, but it's not. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, we could probably agree it's not even seventy percent of where you'd want it to be right now. It's maybe it's maybe a passing grade, but yeah, I, I think in that case, I don't know if you you don't feel like an imposter as an interior designer. I think though, it's just it's making you feel like this is not what I'm capable of, and this is not close to the the score I'd want to give myself. Like you said, yeah. with the twelve week plan. Yeah. For that reason, we're going to stay here and keep spinning our wheels to make this look the way it needs to look. Yeah. And as we're talking perfection, the perfectionist type, it's a very unique one. Well, maybe it might not be unique as we go through the other ones, but I'm just thinking that it really doesn't have anything to do with anybody else. Like maybe it does, but it's more about you and your, the standards you've set for yourself and the expectations you've put on yourself, not to do with anybody else, just to do with how you think you should be right. accomplishing. And yeah, yeah, when it doesn't hit that standard, it really impacts you. And it, you know, sometimes you just want to give up. Other times you just keep spinning your wheels and getting more and more frustrated, but it's, it's not a good situation to be in ultimately. I, I mean, I, I agree. This is the most internal of them all. I think yeah. all, all of the, the types, they're rooted in our own heads, right? Yeah. Like they're what we're t- telling ourselves, but this one only has an external factor because of what we're afraid other people will consume of what we're going to do, right? It's not anything yeah. we're seeing other people doing. It's just our fear of perception of our own output mm-hmm. and it not being to the level that we believe it should be. Right. right. So you could be the yeah. only one like this is not you walking into a room of realtors and saying everyone else here is perfect. I need to be perfect, which is another type. This yeah. is more if I'm going to walk into that room of realtors and I'm not perfect, I don't want to walk into that room. Right. Yeah. This is all about you. So um, mm-hmm. I believe that probably res- resonates with a good chunk of the people who are listening out there. If you've been an achiever or if you just have a very high standard of excellence for yourself that you can't overcome, mm. we'll yeah. address that. That's right. Type two. 
All right, type two. You want, into, you want me to jump into a type two? I don't know what the names are. So if, if you've got names for them. I do, I know what... yeah. I've got them in front of me so I can I can name it. Okay. Type two. I'm, uh, not, a one that I'm I... not a perfectionist, so I, I don't know. Yeah, what well, this is what I don't resonate with because I'm not this, is the natural genius. <laughs> um, I, in some areas you are, though. I, I think natural genius is very... It's it's misrepresented to be like someone who just did well in school without studying. Like that's kind of the picture you get in your head of, of like yeah. the natural genius. Well, things just but, come, yeah. Like they've got come naturally easy to certain people. Right. And, yeah. And, I, and to me, at least, and maybe I'm, I'm misinterpreting it, but to me, I, I think this is just all about the world of aptitudes that are out there. It could mm. be soft skills. It could be book smarts. You know, it could be certain things like in, in trades that you're really good at. But like the idea with a natural genius is things, whether it's everything or certain aspects of things have come in a way that's naturally easy and that you've excelled at. Mm -hmm. And when things don't, you tell yourself, I'm not meant to do that because yeah. I'm meant to do the things I'm naturally good at. Right. I yeah. kicked ass in math in school. So math is something that I can walk into a room and talk about, but I couldn't get through geography in school or I've never been a realtor before. Right. Like put yeah. it in the context of I've yeah. been an accountant my whole life. And now I'm trying to be a realtor and yeah. I have to learn things and study and yeah. listen to what people are saying. And it's not all making sense. So shit, this can't be for me because I don't get it right out of the gate. Actually, yeah. I mean, for you, I don't know if you, you experienced that. I think because you're, you are a very, you're very naturally genius, genius <laughs> No, but I mean, <laughs> I, I think it really goes back to, because like, you're very much like our son is the same way. Like he's in natural, like things just, it, it just, it's just the, the way people's brains work. And sometimes it's like, you know, they know how it, they understand it at, at its core. Like I, and, and maybe there's different groups, but there's either those types of people or like people like myself who, who need to study and not necessarily understand the concept. It's more just like memorizing in order to get the mark and then you kind of move on. And that's how I've always been. So I've worked really hard for getting the accomplishments, but it's never really come easy. So for me, this doesn't connect as much because I think I've always had that work ethic. And so I, I've just, it's, it's more like it, and not that you don't have a work ethic. I'm not saying that like natural geniuses, obviously like they do still work hard, but when it comes to this sort of a thing, like I even think of our son, when he runs into a roadblock, a lot of his reaction is to just completely disassociate himself from that task because it's not coming as easy as it normally does for him well i think what you mentioned about yourself is a good way to look at it though because i think naturally you have a good work ethic yeah like that's and i mean you can apply genius to anything i mean that's a big word nobody's a genius in anything but like yeah the that's fact that you have that allows you to approach situations where you don't know everything, not yeah. from a position of forget this, but from a position yeah. of, I just have to work at this to yeah. learn it. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. the challenge for somebody who doesn't have a good work ethic and who feels that, you know, if it's not easy, it's not worth doing. Mm -hmm. Right. Which I mean, I guess is, is a sort of an extreme level of a natural genius is someone who only does the stuff that comes naturally and everything else is worth it. Yeah. That's the challenge that they need to get over in the, in this and they can choose, they hit a fork in the road when things are hard to either say, forget it or to say, wait a second, I can educate myself on anything. Right. And I can make myself a natural, even though it's Mm -hmm. not natural, you know, I can artificially make myself a natural because once you learn something and you get good at it and you do it enough, people who things have come easy to at some point, it wasn't easy, right? Like maybe it was really early on where you did the learning and things clicked better. That's great. But once things click, they click and that can happen for anybody, right? It just might not feel as easy for someone who puts in the work and the opposite imposter syndrome wise is true Mm -hmm. where you're someone who's not a natural and you see people who appear to be a natural and you say Mm -hmm. to yourself, I shouldn't have to put the work into this because look at all these people who do it so easily. Right. Yeah. And, and, and we'll talk about the look at all these people thing. I'm sure as this conversation goes on, but yeah. yeah so that's the second time is the natural, whatever genius. Yeah. Genius. Yeah. Okay. So type number three is the rugged individualist. Um, and basically they, they struggle to ask for help. They feel like they can do it all themselves. They can take it on. They should understand it. They should be able to do it. Um, And they see asking for help as a weakness. And so when they're struggling to figure it out, um, I guess that imposter syndrome then sets in and makes them feel like like they're not good enough. Um, And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's an interesting one, I think. Um, Yeah. And I think in a sometimes lonely industry like real estate if you come into this industry as a rugged I don't know why they put rugged in the name I don't know (laughs) yeah it's kind of unnecessary I don't know picture like a lumberjack I know I know Um, if (laughs) if you come in as an individual mindset person it's very hard to succeed to your maximum ability and really like any of these if, if you come in with a very absolute vision of perfection or individual or whatever it's very hard to maximize your potential yeah but in this industry especially with individuals there's a reason that if if someone's not on a team like more people are joining teams Mm -hmm. for support and for a place to ask questions but if you're not on a team you need to be surrounded by people we talk about this all all the time yeah who have had the experiences and understand that it's not easy out of the gate for anybody no matter how smart or natural or whatever you are right so this is a really tough one if you fall into this we're going to again we're going to talk about how to address it but it's something that really requires you to take a step back and understand you're creating an unnecessary barrier in a very difficult industry for this type of a person to thrive in 
Yeah. The other thing I'm thinking from an industry perspective is the people that have trouble delegating and want to scale their business and have trouble wrapping their heads around hiring help, whether it's a VA, a virtual assistant, maybe a buyer's agent, however they want to build their business, but they're really running into, you know, a wall because they don't want to ask for that help or they don't want to offload some of those activities because they think that if they're offloading and they're getting help, maybe they're not good enough. Like they, they can't take it all on. Right. So, or, or, or they lack trust. Like yeah. people lack trust that others can do what they can do to the same yeah. level. Yeah. Right. And I think a lot of people hide behind when it within that example, in a lot of cases, it is a cost thing and I get it. You know, we can't just, go out and pay for all the help that's out there. But I just think that people believe they've got all the ideas. And if they don't, they're the best suited to figure it out also, where that's right. not always the case. And did you know yeah. that tea melts? A, my entire candy cane just melted into the tea. This is all that's would, left. I, have you been keeping it in there the whole well, time? Well, it's in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would tea's probably that. delicious right now. It probably is very sweet. <laughs> But that's this okay. Left. It just melted right off. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. I All right. Number four uh, is the expert. Um, and this is basically somebody that I guess is always the expert. Like I'm trying to, sorry. I... <laughs> it's, 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 it's a good, it's a good way to describe it. I'm not an expert. I had expert... a mind block there. <laughs> Thank no, you. this is good. Save me, please. <laughs> the, the See, I'm asking is, for help. I'm not a rugged individual. Well, it's, <laughs> in the real estate context, the expert is someone who's not comfortable entering a situation there. Okay, thank without you. Yeah, feeling was... like they have all the answers yes. and are well equipped. If you've yeah. watched, and we've made it through two thirds of an episode of Buying Beverly Hills over the course of two days. <laughs> thanks to me, who continually falls you, asleep. Who's not an expert at staying awake. Awake. Um, <laughs> But in that, there's, and I mean, in anywhere, I mean, I'm just using that as an example, because it seems like a lot of people are watching that show. But in real estate, there's a real understandable fear for new people to enter into a situation where you're in front of clients or even colleagues, and you don't know every possible answer, because what if this person asks me what the whatever is made out of? Or what if this person wants to know the price per square foot and I'm not ready with it? And so as an expert, the imposter syndrome is I cannot even get into that arena mm -hmm. without knowing this place better than the owner does or knowing my profession better than, you know, the regulators and the government and my board does. Or, or just being able to talk with authority on any subject when it comes to, to real estate, like, yeah, like I just think I think this is a huge one for mm -hmm. the people in our industry, people, not only people that are starting out, but people that are looking maybe to get more into video or more opportunities to talk with the media. And they look at, you know, there's definitely some very strong agents in our immediate industry that are really good at this stuff. And I think it's very natural to compare yourself to those people and want to or just feel like you're not good enough. You're not that much of an expert. So I'm not going to even put myself out there because there's other people out there that know more than I do. And people right. are, that's the thing. Like people are always going to know more than you do, no matter what stage of career you're, you're in. If you're in the business for 20 years, 
there's somebody in the business that's in there for 30 years that might know a little bit more than you. So, but- okay. So to, to qualify what you said there, because I know what you're saying and, and you said it, but that doesn't mean there's always going to be somebody out there who knows things you don't know, right? right. Not everybody else knows more than you. Just, there's oh, there's okay. a lot of knowledge yeah. to go around. I don't, yes. I, 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 I'm sure people got that, but just like for the people no, who are right. like, yeah. their head against the wall now saying, everyone knows more than me. How's that possible? No, you know more than people in certain areas and other people know more than you in certain Others. areas. And that's life. Yeah. Not just real estate. That's everything, right? We're different people, different experiences. And, and yeah. And this is a reason why niching down is so important because if you not even for experts, but just in general, if you become more of an expert in a spe- specific niche um, in your business, whether it's a geographic area, whether it's understanding the economics of our business and how thing, how interest rates and inflation and all of this kind of stuff, and you love looking at the numbers, like if you're that type of person, like you're not going to be an expert necessarily in other areas where real estate agents do well. So it, it's really about finding that niche and slowly becoming an expert, but also be confident in your ability to talk with authority on things as you learn them. The important thing there too, which is starting, starting to touch on some of the solutions as well, is it's okay to lean into what your type is, right? Yeah. Like even though these are quote unquote bad things or things you don't want. And they, they're, you know, fears and things like that. It doesn't mean you avoid them, right? If you're an expert by nature, if you're whatever, you know, an individual or you're naturally whatever, take advantage of knowing those things about yourself for good still, right? Like you don't say, oh oh man, uh, this being an expert thing is scaring me. So I'm just going to try to be, I need to be stupid in everything because that's the only way to, to address this. And I need to try consciously to not be an expert. That's not what this means, right? Lean into your desire to know more things, mm-hmm. but temper it so that it doesn't turn to fear when it doesn't happen, right? Because the imposter syndrome concept is rooted in fear. It is fear. So yeah. that's what we're talking about now is just, identifying when you know it's the 12-step problem you know the first step is identifying that you've got a problem so 12-step process do you say problem did i say problem okay yeah (laughs) nobody wants a 12-step problem (laughs) problem. step one is a problem but yeah identify you have a problem (laughs) yeah figure out you have a problem clearly mine is i don't know words well neither Um, do i i've been telling people they don't know anything so we're all good people are really confused right now but that's okay and and honestly like i don't know about you not and not to go on a tangent here but that's what we do like there was a time and i'm not in that time now clearly like we're saying things and fumbling over words and all that but i don't feel like an imposter in this space the way i Mm. may have for our first 10 episodes right? Or first 20 or whatever, right? And maybe there's an element that always wonders in anything we do, am I really supposed to be doing this? Do I want to be doing this? Should I? Do I fit? Whatever. Mm. For me, this is just, it's something I enjoy. It's something hopefully you enjoy. It's not not a chore for you. I don't know. But like, but I don't feel imposter syndrome here. 
despite no. the fact that clearly what we put out there isn't perfect, yeah. right? Clearly we're not naturals in everything. Yeah. Like all the different elements can be applied to just what we put out there just in this isolated podcast, mm-hmm. right? So I, to me, I think it's a good way to diagnose any situation, right? Because yeah. most of the things we do, work, family, or otherwise, you've got times where you feel like, is this for me? Do I belong here? So thankfully, yeah. I don't feel that way with this at the moment. <laughs> Until some- at the moment. someone puts a comment on the thing that says, actually, yeah, you shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. All right. And then going into the last one is the superhero, which I think ties very closely to me, at least um, to the perfectionism. And that's just being the superhero in all elements of your life. You want to achieve and overachieve and really impress people constantly in in all elements. And um, when you don't, or maybe you fall short in one way or another, you start to feel as though you're not good enough and really are harder on yourself because you have set another, like similar to the perfectionist, you've set such a high expectation for yourself constantly. Right. Well, and and that's the best way to put it. These are all rooted in your expectation of yourself and what you believe other people are going to consume of what you put out there. And it's not good enough because of different factors, right? because I don't know enough, because I didn't try hard enough, because it's not natural to me, because I had to ask for help and that's not right. Like these are all different things that just lead to the same concern about what other people are going to think. Mm-hmm. And so those well, are the or, five. Or what you're going to think of yourself. Well, I, well, I, it, yeah, it comes from, it is what you're thinking of yourself right now. And you need to mm-hmm. kind of, again, understand that, figure mm-hmm. out what's leading to that. And then first, before we get into the solutions or the different ways to, to address it, I do want, I think we've touched on it a bit. I do want to talk about how this isn't a bad thing, mm-hmm. right? D- beyond the fact that everyone probably feels it here and there, right? Everyone does a lot of things that aren't necessarily good things, but yeah. you touched on the fact, first of all, that just by having imposter syndrome, it's actually meaning I think what you said was that you're trying to better yourself, right? Yeah. Like the Mm -hmm. fact that you're feeling that way means you're trying to improve. It means that you're addressing, you know, maybe they are in reality faults, but often they're just things that you want to better about yourself. Mm -hmm. And it just means you're striving for greatness, right? It means that you're trying to be better. And that's not a bad thing, right? When you look at it in the context of identifying something you want to improve. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, And and the only other benefit that I jotted down before we started was this is also a sign to me, at least if you're feeling imposter syndrome, it means you're not in your comfort zone, right? Like I guess by definition, you're not doing what you've completely laid out is your thing that you're always comfortable in, right? That's why you feel Mm -hmm. like an imposter. And that is what growth is, right? Whether you're yeah. consciously trying to better yourself or not, in order to, in my opinion, this isn't for everybody, but in my opinion, like to live a full life, to feel fulfilled, you try new things, you get out of your comfort zone, you take risks. And mm-hmm. if you're feeling imposter syndrome, it means you're somewhere on that spectrum of trying new things and, and 
expanding. And then it is that direction you choose once you feel this that will determine kind of how much you're able to fulfill yourself. Because if you retreat, it's like you dipped your toe in the water, but it wasn't, you weren't going to go all the way. But if you keep going and start to Mm -hmm. think about things the way we're going to talk about, you know, solution wise, I think that's where you achieve next level. You level up, if you will, you know, your career and your life by doing things that aren't just the mundane. I'm going to live my whole life nine to five, same thing every day because it's comfortable. Mm -hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with that. To me, life's about different experiences and trying new things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So let's help you get through some of these things that you might be feeling. And then ultimately is what's holding you back. What's the... It is. Sorry. I just, that was the first big sip of candy cane tea. It's definitely in there. Yeah, I guess it's like when you put a cinnamon stick in there. And, and I'm just, you know, I'm thinking about this strictly from our own industry perspective. I talk to a lot of agents who really, this is really holding them back for, from doing the things that they want to in their career or trying things. That's, that's the other thing. It's like, just because you want to try it doesn't mean it's going to work, but you've got to try it to know that it's not going to work and know what the other solutions are that are going to make more sense for you and your business. So it's really, it's about taking down those barriers and just giving yourself the space to try things out and not feel like you're an imposter while you're doing it. So let's start with some solutions to get you guys going. Okay. You want to just like bounce back and forth? I mean, I, I guess there's, there's different solutions for the type of imposter you are. Yeah. There, but I think I there's general solutions too. Yeah. The type of, that actually sounds wrong. If I say it's the type of imposter you are, I'm implying mm. you actually are an imposter, but you're not, this is just what's in your head. So I take that back. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I can start from like, cause the biggest one is, I think, well, not the biggest one, but one of the bigger ones is, is social media and how that impacts us and makes us feel like we're not good enough. Cause we're seeing other people do awesome things. Um, one, one thing, one of our agents mentioned when we were talking about this in our group was just the fact that she doesn't follow other agents. She just has her group of clientele and friends and family. And and that's, that's her social media followers. And I thought that was really interesting. And I think it, it's good. It's good. And it's bad. I enjoy following certain people and seeing what they're up to, to get inspiration. But I think it's, if you do do that, it's really important to identify when that can make you feel shitty. And when you start, you know, not necessarily getting the inspiration, you start feeling that imposter syndrome and and feeling bad about yourself. And it's a fine line. And that's why I do like that idea of just kind of like cutting it off and doing what you want to do and trying it out. I guess, The only thing is that could potentially, at least for me, lead me down the road of that rugged individualist where, you know, I like, I feel like I get help from, from watching what people do as well. Um, So again, it's, it's the type of person that you are, but I thought that that was a really interesting thing. And and maybe it's just about limiting the types of people that you follow. and, And maybe it's just the people that you are really inspired by that don't necessarily impact you from an imposter syndrome perspective perspective, but give you some good ideas and inspiration. Right. I, I, I think that's it. There's, there's two sides to it. You, if you go and we talk about this also, like if you're absolute in anything, 
you're yeah. potentially going to miss out on what the benefit of going the other way is, right? So it, it is still a balance, but identifying the reasons you're there, the things you're consuming, the thoughts you're having when you look at other people, especially in our industry. Mm -hmm. um, but this applies, like social media is the number one to, in today's world impact on imposter syndrome in every aspect of your life. Yeah. Doesn't matter what it is. Like it's just there real estate. to make you feel bad. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and I say that like almost in, in absolute terms, like you definitely get great things and you get entertained, but we're looking at other people's lives. That's what social media is. Yeah. And the, the main thing, which we also talked about with our team that you need to remember is 99 out of a hundred times, people are not posting and sharing their struggles, yeah. the bad things, the 100%. negative stuff that we feel yeah. bad about inside. Yeah. Right. So if all you're being confronted with is the great stories and the celebrations, you know, the successes and whatever, the Lambos and the roles and the this and the that, of course you're going to be like, what the hell's wrong with me? If you let mm -hmm. it get to that point, if that's how you take it in. Right. Mm -hmm. So Step one is not necessarily cancel all your social media accounts, but it is have the filter in your mind, understanding that what you're consuming is yeah. a bit of a distorted reality by design, right? Yeah. You might be the same way. You, a lot of us are when we feel like imposters. It took me a long time to realize that I actually get more joy about posting bad things, not bad things. <laughs> But like funny things that I screwed up or vulnerabilities, things like that. Because when you're comfortable, it's easier to be vulnerable. Yeah. And I guarantee you by sharing that, if your goal is to connect with more people, mm -hmm. you connect with more people by being real. And real is not, I'm a 10 out of 10 all the time. You know, obviously sharing successes is great, but yeah. understand that what you're seeing is mostly people's successes and not a lot of their failures and struggles. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is just knowing, especially as new agents, like you're likely comparing your beginning to somebody else's middle or, you know, towards the end of their career where they've built up, you haven't seen them day in and day out, put out the content and do the crappy videos and do the crappy podcasts and build up to the point that they're at. Nobody starts perfect. And you really have to be easier on yourself, especially when you're starting out, that it's going to take some time to work your way up. And you're not going to be able to do that unless you start putting yourself out there, no matter like whatever it is that you're looking to, to get better at. So just, just keep that in mind as well. Um, the one thing with social media that I've found helpful for myself is when you start to feel a bit of jealousy or imposter syndrome towards other people's successes and what they're putting out there is starting to just give them credit for what they've done. Like give them a really positive comment and be like, that's awesome. That's amazing that you've done that. And like have a conversation with them. Like, I feel like that helps me switch my brain to more like be happy for other people too. Like, that's the thing. Like, I feel like imposter syndrome like restricts us from being happy for other people's successes just because somebody's done something amazing doesn't mean you can't do the same thing eventually and it's not never going to be the same for you than it is for somebody else so give people that you know I, I think it's just it's more about the karma like it's going to come back to you in good ways if you spread positivity 
Well, and, and that ties into multiple of these types of an imposter. If you're an individual, for example, yeah, just reaching out to people and celebrating them or, or, or swallowing your pride and asking, how mm-hmm. did you make such a great video? Yeah. Or man, you look so successful. You know, it's not my nature to ask for help, but like, what was it yeah. that brought you here? What are the resources you use? Right. Right. And I yeah. guarantee the most successful people, if you're an individual, the most successful people are probably going to say, I had a lot of help. Mm. Right. Like, yeah. Or I struggled a lot. Feed, <laughs> or I struggled a lot. Like they're going to feed what people who are putting it out there in a successful way, when they're acknowledged for it, their guard comes down a bit because mm-hmm. their nerves about what people think about them mm-hmm. start to get tempered a bit, right? Like if yeah. someone tells me I did a great job with X, Y, and Z, I mean, it's my nature to always be Mr. Negative in a lot of these things anyway. And I might be like, ah, it sucks. But like at the same time, an honest question from somebody who's already acknowledged that the work is good Mm -hmm. allows you to open up a bit more about what got you there versus I'm not sure if they like this. I better keep putting my best face forward. Right. Cause I, God forbid, I let people know that this is hard or it's not as good as what I let it on to be. Right. Right. So yeah, definitely reaching out, um, you know, and, and being the same as a supportive person when someone reaches out to you and showing gratitude to people who do give you kudos or whatever, yeah, it really is. I mean, that, that's rooted in another big, big point I want to get into, but I don't want to switch gears if you had something else to say here. No, nope. move on. Okay. Okay. So for me, the biggest help with imposter syndrome that I've had and that I've talked to other people about is when you understand that everybody is in the same boat, which we open this at, like when you know that everyone around you has their own version of imposter syndrome, it really helps helps calm the waters in your own head I find yeah right like if if you feel I don't know enough about x Mm -hmm. someone else does know more than you we talked about that but I guarantee you not only do you know more than that same person about something else they're nervous about the thing you know more than them about right they're sitting there saying god I don't know about that so even take new and experienced agents right and I'm Mm -hmm. saying experienced as a synonym for they've been around a long time yeah. Like, and they're used to a world that doesn't have social media or digital or whatever, right? right? They might be really successful, but I guarantee you an element of them is looking at up and comers and new agents who are mm-hmm. dominating whatever. Oh, what's the TikTok thing? What's the this? What's the that? And there's people saying, I don't know that. And I wish I did because that's what I need to stay successful where the people Mm -hmm. coming in are saying, how do I get to that level? Because all I know is Instagram or whatever, right? And I don't don't understand how to do forms properly and I'm a phony and I'm whatever. Think about how you achieve things if minds like those can just be open and come together, right? And that's why collaboration is so important because your guard comes down when you stop thinking that everyone else around you is better. We're all just different different mixes of good and bad and knowledge and no knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. No, to your point, the one, one thing that helped me one time when I was doing an interview for uh, a news, uh, a broadcast, um, 
the interviewer said to me, who's been doing this for a very long time, he said to me, um, still to this day, when I hear in my ear going live, I still get nervous. And so it just made me feel better that, you know, this one interview that I was doing, like I wasn't, it, it didn't make me feel as nervous because like for the expert who I thought was the expert who comes across extremely naturally to say he still gets nervous. It makes me feel better because sometimes I get frustrated with myself. I'm like, when, when am I not going to get nervous for going up and speaking or, you know, talking to, right. um, for, for a news story or whatever. And it, you're, you're always just going to be that way. And that's fine. It's just, nobody talks about it. And I think that's the other thing is like, if we all start talking about, you know, our vulnerabilities and, and areas where we might be failing a little bit, I think that's what people enjoy following those stories and, and that information because they, they connect with that better. And it's just nice to know that you're not alone. Right. And it's for both of you. Like that's an example. Like somebody tells you they're nervous, they're mm -hmm. making their own job easier because they they probably know deep down they're helping calm you down. Yeah. Right. He pro it's probably just something he said. He says to everybody. Maybe, maybe but like <laughs> to make them feel. I, I doubt it's. A, I'm sure there's truth to it, but at the same yeah. time, it's like that's an example though of when you let your guard down, others do too. And when you kind of admit, not that you're an imposter, but you admit that it's not as easy as you let on other people are more likely to open up, feel more comfortable with you as well, right? Yeah. So it, it's the opposite of what a lot of us are thinking in our head is I need to show this so people will like me. Yeah, It's often the opposite. And you know that as an individual looking at other people now, the mm -hmm. feelings you have about people who are only showing sunshine and roses, you might yeah. not have the same mindset to people who are not, doom and gloom that's not what i'm saying but just being real and saying hey yeah. things are good it was hard work right mm -hmm. it wasn't as easy as it looks yeah um want me to keep going do you have something you sure. want to throw in there i'm not i'm just like i'm just like yeah. i love imposter syndrome i love it um, <laughs> you love you love having it or you love talking about it well, I, I just I just think, honestly, this is one of the most important subjects that we can talk about, because I honestly think it should resonate with everybody. Yeah. Right. Like I have it. Our agents have it. Everyone has it. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think a couple more things that we can do to address it. Like one thing which I struggle with is your definition of success is a big thing. Mm. to focus on as an individual yeah. right I think a lot of us have a picture of what success is and it's tied to tangible outputs whether it's money the things you have in a lot of cases what people think of you which yeah. is what we're talking about when you're able to take your head out of that definition of success that's very binary and and really based on other people rather than yourself and you are able to get in your own head and think about the things you enjoy mm -hmm. right and take the time to have a hobby to do things like that that helps address this because your happiness is what's being impacted by your imposter syndrome and that's because you're so focused on I can't be happy unless everybody likes me mm -hmm. right or I can't yeah. be happy unless everyone thinks I'm happy and yeah. like how phony is that right like what actually makes you happy when you were a kid or before social media or whatever 
there were things, hopefully there still are things you like to do that bring you happiness that aren't shared everywhere, mm-hmm. right? If you're able to do those things, it will help. Yeah. I, I believe, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. It's uh, it's really important to to just, I mean, I I think for, for a lot of us, it's just about this, the self-reflection and, and just being aware of, of the feelings and why you're feeling that way and, and, and kind of address it versus going down that spiral of, of where you normally go when, when negative feelings hit you. It's about kind of stopping them in their tracks and figuring mm-hmm. out why it is and resetting your mindset towards a different way of reacting when you see something. It, it's, like, it's like the whole idea of when you see something, a success and you get jealous, instead of like, reeling on the inside, like, Oh, I'm not good enough. I'll never have that success. Give that person like reach out and say how awesome it is that they've accomplished that. Like, it's just kind of rewiring your brain in a way slowly. Mm -hmm. Um, I think those little, little things can definitely have a great impact on, on just your own confidence. Yeah. Um, yeah. And another big thing, which is in a different direction, but I believe, especially now more than ever, Super important is the impact of diversity on imposter syndrome. And mm. I think imposter syndrome beyond what we've talked about is also caused by people who just generally don't feel that they belong because they're entering a situation that is not diverse with the types of people in whatever mm. context, right? Whether yeah. it's, whether it's, you know, demographically or background or whatever, but when you're in environments that are more diverse that in itself helps address this whole thing right because you've got different experiences around you that help inform you that probably reinforce the fact in another way that everybody's got their own sense because everybody's kind of an imposter when everybody's different right Mm -hmm. inherently we're all different right regardless of who you're with Yes, I agree. I'm glad you brought that up. I think that as I think about my own situations with maybe a lack of diversity um, at boardroom tables, for example, is a great one. And how I've seen a progression, which has been amazing um, in certain respects when it comes to, uh, you know, younger demographic females entering into um, those positions. But definitely when I started out, I felt like an imposter simply because I didn't see anybody else there that was looked like me or had perspectives that I did. So, um, and, and as a white person, I'm definitely way more privileged than so many other people out there that are black and, and of color. And so I think it's also important as somebody that might have that advantage to be aware of that and to promote and bring in different perspectives as well so that we all don't feel imposter like imposters all the time. Yeah. That you're going to say impostery. That would have been a new word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it, it, it really, again, it's, it's about what's in our heads and uh, our own ability to look beyond our own bias in, mm-hmm. you know, in every respect, our bias on ourselves yeah. But just generally speaking, opening yourself up to an understanding that everybody's in this boat together, like you said at the beginning, at different spots on the road, 
owed, right? There's going to be people way farther along in their careers and they've earned it and they're doing well. There's people farther along in their careers who are struggling, right? Mm -hmm. There's people who have big families, no families. There's people who've got sick family members, nothing like that. They've got their own illnesses. They've got all kinds of things happening that we don't see because we see what people show us and that's okay. And we can't control that, but how we consume it and what it turns into in our head is what we need to start to control, right? Mm, yeah. Our need for external validation is a big thing. To me, that's, that's, uh, it's a struggle for a lot of people. It's been mm-hmm. a struggle for me that like, you know, you do something not just to make yourself happy, but because you want the world to see it and you want people to pat you on the back. Yeah. If you're constantly waiting for a pat on the back, that one or two or 10 times you don't get it, or it's not as aggressive or as loud as you wanted, you're going to feel like an imposter and that's not healthy. Right. So I think above all the other stuff we're talking about, do the things that are going to further you be a little bit selfish, Mm -hmm. do what makes you happy, you know, work hard when something is hard rather than walking away. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, sorry, go ahead. And no, and I'm just going to say like, identify the type of, of um, imposter syndrome that you typically feel. Cause I think there's definitely unique ways to address it, depending on the type that you are. Um, and that'll, that'll hopefully be helpful. Cause sometimes these general, um, general, this general advice might not necessarily apply to your specific case. So exploring ways that you can address it for yourself can be really helpful. Yeah. Just don't, yeah. Don't hide. Don't hide behind feeling uncomfortable. If you feel uncomfortable, identify it and address it. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Reach out to us. And talk to people about it. Yeah. Yeah. We're happy to talk about it. We could make this a three-part mini series about imposter syndrome. Um, We'll just rebrand our, uh, our podcast to imposter syndrome and just talk about it constantly or not yeah well i feel like there's more than one level up out there we'd probably show up in the search better if we just called ourselves like imposters imposters the the imposters (laughs) (laughs) sounds good yeah okay i was gonna go on another tangent but we'll we'll end it there we'll end it there much love to all. I'm going to finish my candy cane tea. It's now candy cane iced tea, but still delicious. Sounds delicious. And as always, we hope uh, this was helpful. We'd love for you to share your stories with us. We'd love your questions, your comments, suggestions for other episodes. Mm-hmm. We try to put out the stuff that we feel is most relevant to our industry right now. And this is definitely right at yeah. the top of the list for us. But we're here for every sure. week, folks. So... Share, like, subscribe, and reach out anytime. You're not an imposter. Send us a note. We love you, and have a good week. Bye. Bye.